Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane and it's Monday, July the 10th. In this week's podcast, we're discussing how a meningococcal vaccine could be of potential value for preventing gonorrhea. Yes, I was interested too when I first read this paper, which is why we're doing a podcast on the topic. So let's find out more. Here is our guest interviewee introducing herself. My name's Dr. Helen Patousis-Harris, and I'm a vaccinologist at the University of Auckland and a senior lecturer in the Department of General Practice and Primary Health Care. Dr. Patousis-Harris, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet from Auckland in New Zealand, which is fantastic. We're discussing a paper you're the corresponding author that we're publishing on Monday, July the 10th. And this concerns a possible sort of proof of concept study, really, isn't it? Looking at a possible vaccine for gonorrhea. We'll come to the details in a moment, but just concerning gonorrhea, this sexually transmitted infection, why is it difficult from a public health perspective, gonorrhea, and why is it difficult to manage clinically? I guess there's several reasons for that. First of all, it's highly prevalent. So there's about 80 million new cases globally every year. And even in a high income country as tiny as New Zealand, we have several thousand cases a year. So very common disease. Second, it's associated with complications such as pelvic inflammatory disease, topic pregnancy, can result in infertility, and it facilitates HIV transmission. So the third problem, which is that it relies on effective, accessible, and uh, I guess relatively cheap uh, antimicrobial treatments, and now it has developed resistance to pretty much all drugs, which now means it's no longer easy to treat. These gonococci have an ability to very quickly develop resistance by effective horizontal gene transfer, also with other related Neisseria species. So it's a very tricksy bug. Hence, important to find some other possible solutions to it. And of course, prevention would, would be ideal, which is what this study is looking at. And it's looking at the potential of a meningococcal vaccine, isn't it, within the context of gonorrhea prevention. Now, where did this idea come from? There are some existing surveillance data that have informed the thinking behind this study. Is that right? Yes. The early thinking came from two quarters, really. One, the observation that the New Zealand outer membrane vesicle OMV vaccine appeared to be quite broadly protective beyond the clone that it was was based on. And I guess the ideas around OMV vaccines are that they're really only useful against the particular meningococcal B clone rather than being quite broadly protective. So it seemed to be quite broadly protective. And then the other observation was really eyeballing graphs from Cuba and New Zealand that were simply depicting the annual number of cases. And when you eyeball the graphs, is a very visible dip in the time period just after the introduction of these vaccines. So that was where the early thinking came from. Go on and tell us about the the structure of of this study. Very much an early study, isn't it? And and, and you've done it in a retrospective way. It's a retrospective case control study done within sexual health clinics in New Zealand. I guess once we had this idea, the hypothesis that these species are related, we needed to kind of compare vaccinated with unvaccinated in, in some way. What we did was design a case control study using a disease that I guess is similar in in, in the way that it's transmitted and um, relies on the same behaviour, and that's chlamydia. We took laboratory-confirmed gonorrhea to form the cases, 
and laboratory confirmed chlamydia to form the controls, which is really, I guess, quite an ideal control for something like this. Our population, during our mass campaign against the meningococcal B epidemic that we had, we vaccinated about a million New Zealanders under the age of, of 20. We had quite a large population who were eligible to receive that vaccine that uh, fell into the age group of about of 15 to 30 years of age during our study period, or I guess a risk period for gonorrhea. So what we did was we recruited sexual health clinics from across the country and the regions that they, they were in serve about 60, a little over 60% of the New Zealand population. So we're capturing potentially quite a large, we had quite a large catchment area. From them, we obtained all the laboratory confirmed gonorrhea and chlamydia cases and had them verified through a national laboratory centre. And then what we did was compare the vaccination status of cases and the controls, or the vaccination status of those with gonorrhea and those with chlamydia. Rather neat study. Thank you for explaining that. And and, and the top-line results look encouraging. When we look at the uh, those individuals that were vaccinated, they were significantly less likely to be a gonorrhea case than the controls were. That was a 41% compared to 51%. And that might not sound like a lot, but once you adjust that and calculate the the odds ratio, it converts to a vaccine effectiveness of of 31%. And what insights do we have into the mechanism of of the mode of action of this vaccine? Do we know what's going on there? This is probably the billion dollar question and the area for lots of further research. But I guess what we do know about the OMV vaccines is that they appear to have this a general adjuvant effect. So, for example, if you give an adult who has experienced carriage of, of meningococcal or some cross-relating species, if you give an adult a dose of, of an of OMV vaccine, their existing immunity to meningococcal, for example, is actually broadened. So it's qualitatively and quantitatively broadened. And we also know from experience with these vaccines that just having the presence of a, an OMV alongside other vaccine antigens can act as, a, as an adjuvant, as an immune enhancer. So we know that they they just seem to have this adjuvant effect that I'm not sure that uh, is well understood. And I guess the other thing is that these vaccines stimulate both the, the you know humoral immunity and cellular immunity, so antibodies and, and also cellular immunity. And we tend to kind of concentrate on the humoral antibody in the case of meningococcal disease because that's what's so important in preventing meningococcal disease. I don't think there's any reason to assume that gonorrhea is the same and there could be other immune mechanisms at play, for example. I don't think we know what the effectors are at the moment. Is it antibody? Is it is it cellular immunity? Obviously, where the work needs to be done to try and elucidate that. Well, that was my next and final question, which was where next for research in this area? Clearly, that's one priority, isn't it? To get a better understanding of what's going on at the mechanistic level. Absolutely. We've done a bit more work in the vaccine, you know, seeing the vaccine effect against the more serious end of the spectrum, hospitalizations, probably be able to confirm these findings. And I think we need the you know, multi pronged approach to understand what it is about 
the OMV that generate? What where's the magic in this thing? Because there seems to be a bit of magic at the moment, and um, and and really understanding what it is that's protective. So I guess there's a whole lot of laboratory work that needs to be done, but also I guess immunological studies in people and looking in the field where these vaccines are used. You know, we've got the new uh, we've got new vaccine now that includes the New Zealand outer membrane vesicle, and of course there's the Cuban vaccine as well. How do these vaccines perform in the field against against gonorrhea and just going back to one of the the main results a vaccine efficacy of around 30 31 percent if that is confirmed in prospective follow-up studies what does that mean in terms of public health what does that mean for the management of gonorrhea do you think but if there's a vaccine efficacy of 30 percent how useful is that how potent is that we certainly don't consider vaccines with efficacy like that very good but even if you were stuck with something like that there's modeling that's been done that indicates that even that sort of level of protection could actually have quite an impact on gonorrhea and i think we've seen that i mean if we go back to the eyeballing of the of the graphs from cuba and New Zealand, you really do see visibly a drop. And we, you know, in New Zealand, we only use this vaccine for a few years. So it is quite possible that you could actually put a dent in gonorrhea with a vaccine with quite a moderate effect. I guess this can only be improved on, and this might give some pointers in the right direction. Uh, and given the multi-drug resistance that we're now facing, which is, I think, you know, it's quite scary, it may be our only avenue. Many thanks indeed to Helen Petousis-Harris for that fascinating interview, and I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about this topic. Thanks for listening. See you next time.